Well, Big 12 Media Days in the books last week down in Arlington, Texas. And, of course, kind of the unofficial kickoff to the uh, college football season. Let's welcome on and say hello to Sam Mays uh, with the franchise in Oklahoma City. Also, his personal podcast you should be checking out as well. Of course, former Oklahoma State uh, football player, too. So it's always great to have him on the show. Sam, uh, just take us through big takeaways, Big 12 Media Days. You got a new head coach at Texas, new head coach at Kansas. But as you came out of the last couple of days uh, last week in Arlington, what did you come away thinking and feeling about the Big 12 going into the season? Before, first, let me say this. How, it was so. Thank you for having me, by the way. Um, it, was, uh, it was so surreal to be down in Dallas in person, right? So you got to consider – uh, college football today, so many young players are uh, impactful. You know, 18-, 19-year-old guys, guys that weren't on campus uh, prior to uh, the last in-person Big 12 media days. You know, like it's just been – it just seems like it's been forever. So to see some of my colleagues in the market and, and obviously see these coaches face-to-face was uh, a ton of fun. It was a great atmosphere in the Big 12, as usual, did a pretty uh, good job putting this event on. You know, as far as – uh, things that just kind of caught me, you know, just right off the bat, you know, I think that uh, the expectation for Texas is still as big uh, and and loud as it's ever been. And I find that so interesting considering, you know, people down in, in Austin who have covering this team in the last decade have covered three different head coaches. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's like a, uh, but it just never dies. And as Sark took the stage again uh, during this big told media days, a lot of people with anticipation hoping to hear him talk about a, you know, a championship caliber, a Big 12 championship caliber uh, Texas team. And I think he kind of went the opposite way, you know, really kind of, I don't want to say lowering expectations, but just trying to be a little more um, realistic. And, you know, and, and for me, considering I left Tom Herman's first Big 12 media days, thinking to myself, man, I want to punch that dude in the face. Stark was <laughs> kind of a brush of fresh air, you know, especially somewhere, someone who's coming out of Alabama, who, who just chased the title. You know what I mean? Like, it's not like the guy doesn't know how to win or what it takes to win. I think he just sat there and told, you know, the people in this conference it takes more than just four and five-star athletes. It takes a culture. And uh, he's 100% right. And one that, you know, obviously Tom Herman failed uh, to implement. And I don't know how you – I honestly feel like Texas was on the right path with Charlie Strong. They fired him too early. And since then, it's been the, still a cultureless program. So – uh, to me, I think Sark was a was a big winner at, at Big 12 Media Days in regards to, you know, just the realistic expectations for the Longhorns this next season. Well, I, I agree with that, uh, Sam, totally. Now, I, I want to get your take, of course, on your alma mater, which is, I don't know, to me, I, I look at Spencer Sanders. I want to see if he can make that jump in year three. If he can, then Oklahoma State's a, a team that can contend in this conference. And and I believe it was you who asked Mike Gundy, too, just about the, the rotating offensive line they dealt with last season. But what do, you, what do you expect? What should the expectations be for Mike Gundy in this program heading into 2021? You know, Oklahoma State is probably one of the – probably the only team that I would tell you um, they were the riser for me over Big 12 media days. You know, Gundy is typically – uh, when he doesn't feel comfortable with his football team, you can see it on his face, right? He's relatively uh, reserved and and somebody who's just not going to sell you a bill of goods that he can't um, he can't back up, right? And and that that to me is a it's a detriment. Sometimes it's a detriment to his own team. Like he won't take risks 
uh, not believing that he can accomplish them. And I think at this Big 12 media day, he was cool, calm, and collected, but very, very transparent in you know, regards and saying that the offensive line has improved and that he said that Spencer Sanders is the best that he's been or has improved the most that he has in the last two months over the last two years. And I'm sitting to myself thinking, are you, you're going to just come out and that's a, that's a real bold statement for you know, a kid that we still don't know a whole lot about, right? You just haven't had the time to, to really get to know Sanders as far as the, the, the caliber of football player he is. Uh, and, uh, you know, with the, the injuries that he had a year ago and missing time, like the guy is still, I mean, he's been there forever, it seems like, but he hadn't played very much. So Mike made me feel like, you know, the offensive line is, is healed up and with the uh, injury bug they had a year ago that they've all, you know, took advantage of the experience that they had and that uh, you made me feel like that, you know, he feels pretty proud of his football team, which is once again, you know, Mike doesn't do a whole lot unless he really does feel like he has, has a uh, – a pretty darn good roster in place. So, yeah, I think Oklahoma State's my my one team where I left there going, maybe they're a little bit better than I thought they were. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I wonder that as well. Now, the team that we, of course, have no questions about how good they are is the other team uh, in the state that you cover, and that's the Oklahoma Sooners. But I got to be honest, I don't know what the pulse is there in local media, but, like, I never go to Big 12 media days and, and, and think to myself, boy, I can't wait to hear what Lincoln Riley has to say because it's just – it's so coach speaky. I mean, the guy's a hell of a coach. I'd never knock him for that. But he's not like a media darling. Is like, what is the local reaction to that in terms of what you get out of Lincoln Riley or what you don't get out of him? Or does he just have to have a certain rapport with a with a media member to try to get some more out of him than maybe the rest of us get? Yeah, he, you got to have a certain rapport with that guy. And if there's anything that he's taken out of Bob Stoops' books, it's it's that right. Lincoln doesn't give anything up to the press. I think he understands that it is a necessary evil, and as long as Oklahoma is winning uh, at the clip that they're winning at, recruiting the way that they're recruiting at, he doesn't have to say anything to any of us. And I think he's very much uh, in that, uh, you know, as far as that, that's just his demeanor right now with the press. Now, look, I'll say this, you know, the right question, he'll give you a great answer. You know, if he doesn't view it's the right question, he won't give you a great answer. But I did have to ask him about his offensive line and his defensive line uh, this year during interview at Big 12 Media Days. And, and, you know, it's the only thing that he smiled about during the whole interview. Like, he was very excited to talk about those two groups and, uh, you know, to talk about iron strengthening iron. Uh, and Norman, well, he's for the first time, in my opinion, for the first time in 20 years, he's got a defensive line that is comparable uh, to his offensive line, a defensive line that is going to absolutely push uh, the issue there in camp in practice this spring and that Oklahoma would put – you know, two line of scrim- two two different units on the line of scrimmage this year uh, that will be ranked in the top five, probably defensive line wise, and probably I would say at least a top eight or nine uh, in the offensive line wise. Like he's got it, he's got some dogs up front, and he's very aware of that. Uh, it was probably the most excited he was all day to talk about his offensive and defensive line. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And before we continue with Sam Mays, just a reminder, guys, uh, I want to get to 400 ratings on this podcast before the season starts. We got 380 right now, 380. I need 20 more, and that requires your help. On this show, whether it's right now or after it ends, leave us a quick rating and a review, and I'll send you a free Heartland College Sports koozie in the mail. When you leave me a rating and a review and send me a screenshot of that rating and review to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com. That's how you get one of our koozies, keep the beer cool this summer, and help us continue to beat out all the big dogs, uh, you know, CBS, Athletic, all the other guys uh, on Big 12 
podcasts. That's how you help us get this done. So thank you guys for doing that. Greatly appreciate it. It takes 30 seconds either right now or when the show ends. And it's a huge way to keep helping grow this show. So uh, Sam Mays is joining us, the franchise in Oklahoma City. Also check out his uh, personal podcast as well. So, Sam, as you went through media days, I mean, it seems to me like it's Oklahoma, Iowa State, a a convincing one-two in this conference. Do you feel that way right now, or is there someone else that you think deserves a strong case to be in that top-tier conversation? I think that – I think that – the the battle for two is probably a little bit uh, more realistic than the battle for one, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like I think that Oklahoma has separated themselves uh, pretty significantly from uh, the, the pack. I think their roster is just too good. You know, there's coaches and Matt Campbell's beat Lincoln, you know, twice in the last three years, you see a back-to-back loss to uh, coach Kleiman. There are coaches in this league that are very, very talented and can beat Lincoln on any given Saturday. There's no question about it. But his roster this year is just so much better, right? It's the ability to play bully ball in this conference, and I think he's done that. I think he's accomplished uh, getting Oklahoma back at the big kids' table when it comes to Alabama and Clemson and Ohio State and all those schools. Um, But I would say that, you know, when it comes to the unknown factor of of Oklahoma State, if his offensive line is good, he's got four backs that he likes. You know, Gundy's always great with a 1,000-yard run game. Uh, if, if Spencer Sanders is what we think he might be, Oklahoma State very, very capable of getting to that two spot. Sarkeesian very, very capable of getting to that two spot. Then there's those random defensive coaches. Coach Kleiman, uh, I think, has a, a defensive mindset that is uh, this year when you consider all the things that he's lost. I think he feels like his offense can score on anyone. He's very confident in Deuce Vaughn. But then there's Dave Aranda also who – you know, says he's got something up his sleeve. And you almost have to believe these guys because we haven't got a chance to see Dave Randy even coach yet, really. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, he, he didn't have a chance to evaluate his team, didn't have a spring. He had a weird summer, weird COVID season. You know, he comes in with a little bit of a swagger himself. So, yeah, I think that two spot uh, is interesting. And, and, look, no knock on Brock Purdy, but come on now, Pete. You, you've evaluated that kid. He's probably the one weak link that you have returning for that team that you just don't know you know, when that collapse is going to happen. Because it does feel a little bit imminent that he's going to have a game where he just looks at a defender and throws the football to him. I think he's extremely talented. I think, to me, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a moxie thing with that kid. Is he ready for the moment? We know that Spencer Rattler's ready for the moment. Now, that might be the only quarterback in this league this year that we know is ready for the moment. So, the, yeah, I think Purdy has got a, a huge thing in front of him. Like, man, I, you better be great because there's teams behind you that I think are sneaky good this year. I think this conference in the middle this year is going to be sneaky good. Yeah, I I mean, there really isn't a lot of uh, weak links outside of Kansas. I think a lot all these teams right. are going to have a case on any given Saturday. So when you stack up the Big 12, I mean, is this the best the Big 12 has been since conference realignment, Sam? Oh, yeah, for, for sure. I mean, I feel like two years ago, you and I were having a conversation about is the run game going to come back to the Big 12? Or are they ever going to play defense again? You know, I think that we've got, uh, you know, a bunch of first-round defensive caliber players in this league. Uh, you know, at, at Oklahoma and Iowa State, Texas is going to have some. We haven't had that in a very long time. The run games are back in this league. Everybody wants to run the ball in a balanced way. You're getting defenders around the country. Uh, view the Big 12 as a viable option to play college football again, uh, which is a big deal. So, yeah, this I would say that this is probably the best season or the best looking this conference has been in a very long time. Now, they, look, they just got to show up, you know, and uh, you and I have sat here also in the last decade and watched 
uh, non-conference games not go the way of the Big 12. And this is a season where that just can't happen. We, we know Kansas is going to lose all their non-conference. We hope they beat you know South Dakota this year as their one potential win of the season. But everybody else has got to show the hell up. Like, they just do. Like, this conference is – uh, and the non-conference has been disappointing, be, you know, losing a team that they shouldn't lose to. So hopefully they can come out of that un, unfazed and get into conference play. And then obviously, you know, you want some teams to separate themselves. Like we need Iowa State to be good uh, throughout this season. We could really use Texas to be good throughout the season. Same thing with Oklahoma State. You know, those are all built-in brands. Those are all coaches that are recognizable. Those are all teams that have been ranked in the top 10, top 15 in the last 10 years. And to say that Oklahoma, you know, can we foster a true champion? Can we foster one? Can we can we put uh, teams out against OU this year that are going to help them get better so when they get to a semifinal game, it's not the first real game they played all year long? You know, that's the question here. And I, and I feel like maybe for the first time, we actually have a, you know, compilation of, of teams that we're going to give Oklahoma just enough uh, to give them some looks that are going to be able to help them prepare for what's next, you know, in a – semifinal game against one of the league's top four teams. Why do you think it is, you mentioned it there, Sam, why do you think it is that the defenses, I mean, they're, they're really going through a resurgence here, um, and, and we're seeing it in a way that we probably haven't since conference realignment. Why has the defense improved so much, it seems like, across the board in the Big 12? Why is it? Well, I think a lot of it is just because you're not seeing those stupid offenses anymore. You know, like even, even Gundy's offense is a little more – uh, run friendly than it than it used to be. Like I'm not. There's two things that happened to the Big 12 and realignment. One, you lost all sense of identity when it came offensively, and everybody's out there running these gimmicky offenses where no real offensive linemen want to play except for tackles, and no real defensive linemen want to play at all. So now what you've done is you've you've taken yourself out of the running for a player like Sam was in 2000. That was a 60 40 run guy. I'm not coming to the Big 12. Well, if I can't run the football in the Big 12 and people can't pass rush in the Big 12, now you're losing all your interior linemen and every defensive lineman, and there's just no reason. Like, that's where you lost everything in this league. Like, when you think about the early 2000s, think about how many incredible defensive – you know, this is home of, of Casey Hampton, right? This is home of Jonathan Crowder. This is home of, of uh, Tommy Harris and Dusty Dvorak and, you know, these, these titans along the defensive line. And when the offenses changed, those dudes had to go to the SEC, which is, I think, really what strengthened that conference to get to the point that it was. You know, you're talking outside of Big – when the Big 12 did what they did offensively, you know, you're looking at the SEC, five teams in the Big 10, Stanford, Utah, and out of the Pac-12. I mean, you're looking at, you know, Notre Dame still getting it done at a high level as far as, you know, running running the football well. Like, it's just the homes for – you know, NFL prospects got smaller and smaller, less and less. And I think now they're coming back to this conference, which is a, which is a huge deal. You know, just more options that they can go play more balanced NFL caliber football. Yeah, and I can't wait to watch that uh, happen. We're seeing an improvement even on it over the last couple of years. Sam Mays, the franchise in Oklahoma City. Also, of course, check out his personal podcast as well. And he is on Twitter. Find him there as you can look up his handle. Sam Mays, All-American Mays is uh, – oh, wait, hold on, Sam. I didn't get that right. All – it's a play on words there, huh? All-American oh, Mays. Yeah. I see. That's yeah. how we get a hold of you. <laughs> well, you know, just looking up Sam Mays is probably easier. You're the most important Sam Mays we know, and that's what matters, Sam. Great to have you on, man. We appreciate it. Thanks, Pete. Have a good one, buddy. You bet.
Great stuff there with Sam Mays. And before we wrap up here, please leave a rating and a review. It'll take you all of 30 seconds, and it's a huge way to help this show. Got a great uh, rating last week. I always said I would read some of the ratings here. How about this? This is from J.W. Russell. Enjoy listening on a weekly basis. Pete certainly drinks the Big 12 Kool-Aid, but so do I. So no problem there. It's exactly right. Also, we got this from J.P. in Iowa. Pete, you do a great job covering the Big 12. I can't listen to ESPN. All save and Sweeney. Uh, like no one else matters. Go Cyclones. All right, there you go. Uh, what else do we have here? Clones 11 last week. The best unbiased Big 12 podcast. Thank you. Well, thank you guys. And that's why if you could leave a rating and a review, it takes 30 seconds. I'll send you a free koozie when you send me a screenshot of your rating and review to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com. Thanks for all you guys do. Greatly appreciate it. And we'll talk to you soon.